0: 13, all right? Now, we're going to be talking today out of Numbers chapter 13 and chapter 14. uh, But there's a bunch of stuff in there that uh, I could make another sermon out of, but you only give me so much time today, so we're going to get skipping around. While you're looking at it, I want you to understand, what I'm wanting to talk to you about today is if we are so afraid of people that we stop following the Lord... We never really trusted him. It's called fearing fear. You see, the fear of rejection is one of the greatest things that we fear as people. Do you know that a study actually showed that the number one fear of people is speaking in public? That's the number one, speaking in public. Number two is death. Death is number two. That means, you know what, if you went to a funeral, you'd be better off in the coffin than giving the eulogy. That don't make a whole lot of sense. But when you fear fear, what happens is you start making irrational thoughts. My granddaddy told me a story about this woman. Her name was Ima Terror. I'm a terror was chasing her husband with her umbrella going through the zoo, screaming insults and wagging that thing trying to whack him as he's running through the crowds of people. As he's running away from Miss I'm a terror, he runs up and he sees that the lion's cage, the lock is unlocked. He grabs the door, opens it up, locks it up, grabs the tiger and throws him in the corner and holds him there between him and his wife. And I'm a terror looked at him and said, Ralph, get out of there, you coward. Think about the irrationality of that. I'd rather fear stepping into a lion's den than the wrath of my wife. Some of us are making irrational judgments in a time of coming together and understanding things. You see, in chapter 13, it goes down and it's talking about some men. You know, the Lord sent Moses. Sent, told Moses, you know, send some people to explore. Now it goes into who he sent. So what this did is it explains to you who he sent. You know why that's important? Because he wanted you to know, I just didn't send my select few. I sent somebody from everybody. Right? So there was a cowboy... There was a rapper. Now they ain't going to heaven. I'm just kidding. There's one, uh, but there's there's you know there was a different sect of group. Do you understand what I'm saying? So why is this important? Because he was showing that he sent somebody from everybody, a representative of every of every person. Do you understand what I'm saying? Then when you get down a little bit further, he uh, it, it goes into. Uh, what they did. This, you know, see, chapter 13 is only half of the story. It's continued in the following chapter. Uh, but we're going to get there, all right? I promise. There, there's... Do <coughs> you understand when God promises you something, there's not an if in there? Have you ever thought of that? If you do, I will. Do you know all it says is, ask me into your heart and you shall. Hmm. We put a lot of ifs on stuff, don't we? You see, I have I have children. I got one who has children. And I have one who just growed up. And and he's doing three to six months in Leavenworth. <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that's a funny, I, I got to get a shirt made. <laughs> we're doing that one. We're doing that one, Gary. Yep, we're doing it. When he comes home, I'm going to, I did six months in 11 words. Yeah, Yeah, that's a, you explain that one to your girlfriend. So here's what's going on. I had children, and you know what I figured out about raising children is sometimes you threaten them with, if you don't, I won't. Nobody's ever done that. I know. Right? Or if you do, I will. None of you have ever done that either. If you make your bed, you can go to your friends. If you don't talk to me like that, I'll take you to McDonald's. That's gross. But kids dig it. So here's the thing, what I'm saying. We've all done that, haven't we? When we raise children, I'll barter. If you do this, I'll give you that. If you don't do that, I won't do this, right? I told my son, if you're not stupid, I won't hit you. (laughs) Now he's big enough. I don't care if he is stupid. I ain't hitting him. He hurt me. He big. Right? So I just like flex up at him and he's like, really? Sit down. Oh, you are. (laughs) So (laughs) we have a lot of fun with that. But the thing of it is, is we read about 12 leaders of Israel, 10 of whom were gripped with fear despite the promise of God. You see, they went in and they seen the beautiful land. You see, it took them, did you know it was a 40-day trip? Did you know that? It was a 40-day trip. It told him, you go. In 40 days, you come back. You tell us what's up. They went in. He wanted to know, how big is the enemy? Are they strong? What is the land? Is it even worth going into? First off, if God promised you to take something, I don't care if it was a desert, uh, you know, I'd go to prompt. <laughs> Proved it. Right? I'm just saying. When God tells you to go somewhere, you go somewhere. Right? You go somewhere. They went in and they come back and guess what? Ten of them came back gripped with fear. Because they looked at what they're seeing with their eye. If you look at the government right now, if you look at what's being taught in our schools right now, If you look at the state of the economy right now, if you ain't got fear, well, you're either independently wealthy and need to have a nephew. (laughs) Or you're not really reading what's going on. Right? The fear of seeing what's going on. But see, the promise is we ain't got to worry. We ain't got to worry. Because you know what? I learned, we just did this thing, Alan, Financial Peace University. You taught it. And you know what I found out? God owns it all anyway. Why am I struggling so hard to keep it all together when God owns it anyway? God owns my car. I just get to drive it and put oil in it every two or three days. You understand? God owns my house. I was so angry. I've been waiting. Do you know what? It's like next week will be one year that I win the contract on my house. And guess what? I'm moving in. It's been the longest year of my ever loving life. I I built houses. I actually had a program that me and Mark Elrod, one of my friends, put together. We were building houses. We were building 150 houses a month. We would, from the day we took that ground and we broke ground, 90 or 60 days later, we were moving people in. We had it down to a science. If I, I, I've built $1.9 million homes in less time than a year where I had to fly the tile and the tile layer from Italy. And I've had to bite my tongue. But let me explain something to you. When you step back and understand the promise, God owns it anyway. So why am I fretting about it? You know what happened? Through all this trial, y'all, I've told you how long it's taken. But let me tell you what God done. God got me a better interest rate because my loan fell out because we, we waited too long. So we got a better interest rate. It lowered my payment $300 a month. Let me tell you another thing that happened when we were in this process. My wife's car came up. Now I had money in the bank, cause, you know, you got to have you know a left a, left arm and, and, and Fort Knox to put down on a house anyway. And I had this money that God had allowed me to build up. And then my wife's car come to, and they said your your final payment is August fourteenth. And I'm like, no problem, three hundred sixty bucks. No, it was a balloon payment, twenty two hundred dollars. And I'm like, well, precious Lord. The car ain't worth 24. (laughs) Paid five years on this thing and and it's worth less now than what I owed on it. I'm like, man, that was a bad investment. But you know what happened? God allowed me to have the money in the bank. I want you to hear me. It didn't happen the way I wanted it to. But I wasn't going to go around going, oh, I'm going to lose my house. It was God's house to begin with. When you start living with your hand open, Alan, where you understand God will give and take and put and give and take and put into what He wants into your life. It gives you a reason to walk around not living in fear. You can walk around in faith that He's still got you. But the problem is, is we all think we're in control. The one man in this room that's got it all under control, please come tell me how you did it. Because I ain't got it all figured out yet. But this is what problem happened. You see, they went in. They seen what they seen with their eye. What they saw with their eye was insurmountable. It was something that they were never going to be able to do. You see, fear, You have to when you have fear of the adversary. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're fearing the person you're going up against. We've said this before. We're not fighting flesh and blood. Do you get that? We are not fighting flesh and blood. These things are worthless today. Here you go. What we're fighting is spiritual. Do you understand that? Spiritual war. If you don't believe that, turn on the TV. What does it say in the last days? Good will be considered bad and bad will be considered good. (gasps) We're going to have the Justice Department come and fight to where we can still kill babies in the womb. Excuse me? Can I tell you, that ain't got nothing to do with woman's health. It has something to do with a human body and a baby. And you know what else it is? Somebody's making a lot of money. But guess what? It's all over. And we're going to fight for women's rights. Take a shot or we're going to fire you. Think about where you're at right now. Things are all sideways. Why would I live in fear? I have the promise that God said He's going to keep me. If we follow Him, He's going to protect me. Do you know when I submitted my life to Christ, does anybody know what submit means? Donna, submit means if I submit myself to you, you're not responsible for my well-being. And if you submit yourself to me, I'm not responsible for your well-being. So if I submit myself to Jesus Christ, who better to have in charge of what my well-being is? See, that's full submission, not partial submission. God, I'm going to serve you as long as. Remember that part? Remember that part? If you do this, I'll do that. God, if you'll give me this, I'll give you that. What? What? Ain't nobody prayed that but me. I know that. God, if you'll just heal me and let me walk and make my kidneys work and give me my eyesight back and everything, I swear I'll preach for you. What? Yeah, I prayed that prayer once. God, if you just let me walk again to where I can be effective behind the pulpit. God, if you just take this thing out of me to where I don't have to hook up that machine 10 hours a day. Just fix it. I'll do whatever you want. And I had to realize none of this was preventing me from doing what God wanted but me. Because I was looking at the physical. You see, when they went into Canaan, what they saw, they saw an enemy that they knew physically that they were going to get stomped like grasshoppers, it says. But God How many of you know right now we're living in a time where if you look at what's going on around us, it may feel... Is anybody else warm in here? Lord have mercy. I'm thinking my underarms are leaking and I even put stuff underneath it. But, you know, we're living in a world right now. We're living in a world right now where it looks like we're going to get tore up. But God. Do you get me? But God. You see, we, Numbers 13 uh, 13 through 33, it it talks about them when they go in, and it says they've seen all these things, and they come back going, Ain't no way. Mm -mm. After all the things that Christ and God had done for them, right? Brought them out of Egypt, brought them out of slavery, got them out. They were the Red Sea, all that stuff. We're going to moan because it ain't, God we ain't, we ain't, God's ain't good big enough to do this. Are you kidding me? How much sense does that make, right? How much sense does this make? You see, they're sitting there going in for the promise, and they turn around. You see, I want you to understand something. Fear is aroused in us when we face anything that dwarfs us, that's bigger than us. I want you to understand that it's only natural to fear when a tornado is 100 feet away from you. Right? Isn't that natural? Or it's natural to fear when you're swimming in the ocean and realize you're being circled by sharks. You see, anything that is big and that can overwhelm you, it's easy for a man to fear. Since that's the case, how much more should we fear God? Think about it. If you fear the things here, how much more should you fear God, the creator of all? I started thinking about the power of Jesus Christ. It says, even when he was being tempted you understand? He could have done so many things because he had the power of God fully. He was fully God and fully man. And it was one of those things where he could have done all these things when he was on the cross. Even one of the the, the, the thieves said, if you're truly God, just call down and have him deliver you from this. He could have. But the fulfillment of, of what God needed done for me had to be completed. It... You see, I, 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 I don't fear a whole lot of stuff. I don't. I don't fear a whole lot of stuff. And the reason being, is, th- does it upset me? Yeah. You see, I had one of my, my youth uh, from Pahrump this week shot. Last Saturday. He was at the Fall Festival and come in an altercation and somebody put a BB gun to his eye and shot him and he's lost his left eye and shot him three more times. Once in the back of the head and three, twice in the back. And the thing of it is, is it, it, was, it was a terrible, terrible thing that happened. Now, you know what's really terrible? When you're the pastor who has to go and pray with the young man and say, now we got to pray for the young man that did this to you. Because no matter how much of a jerk he is, he doesn't deserve to burn in hell for eternity. So we're going to pray that while he's incarcerated, somebody comes in and gives him Jesus. He's like, I don't think I can do that. And I said, yeah, I know. I'm not strong enough right now, neither. I'll see you tomorrow. I had to have a minute. Anybody else been like that? I can't pray for you right now. (laughs) So I'll come back later. (laughs) But you know what? We sat down as a youth ministry, and we prayed for this young man. You see, when you allow the things of this world to completely control your atmosphere, it's not positive, y'all. And you're not going to find yourself being positive in anything. You see, the second thing I want you to know is you you have to have a fear of the ally, right? You know, due to the great fear of the adversary, they prevailed amongst the Israelites. They had a, a panic attack. They came in fear of their own people and the leadership. They, they didn't understand God makes operandi and vanquish the, the enemy even though the leadership tried to quell their fears by making them understand the situation. You see, if God's on your side, you ain't got nothing to be feared of. That's the truth, Alan. I got news. Cancer's ugly, Bubba. Cancer, cancer's a nasty word. I'm telling you that we've dealt with it a lot, and I'm tired of hearing this word. But you got to understand, when God's on my side, I got a piece that everybody else thinks I'm retarded. Because they walk around going, how can you do that? How can you walk around? He's your very best friend. You're absolutely right. And I believe, I pray for him in the morning when I wake up. I pray for him at lunch when I'm sitting in my supper. I pray for him at dinner time. I pray for him before I go to bed. And I pray, believing that God is going to take care of this. And through this situation, he's going to walk out stronger on the other side. And when he walks out on the other side, he's going to say, let me tell you what Jesus Christ did for me. And you know what? That cup and that bread that we took, it ain't nothing but to remind me, I'm healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something, when you walk and you know who has your back, you can walk with your head and you go into situation when others tremble and fall, you walk in upright and ready to rock because God got your back. You've got to understand, we got people that are sitting down caroling in fear because if I say something on my Facebook, by the way, I hate Facebook. I do. I had friends until I had a Facebook. <laughs> I started hearing how they really thought, and I'm like, I don't like that guy. I deleted. And it's like, I, I see you deleted me. <laughs> yes, I did. Why? Dude, I, you ain't got enough time and I ain't got enough. I can't type fast enough. we just done, son. Oh, yeah. Instagram. Oh, I love Instagram. They got this. And he's like, no. You know what happened? To one of my youth, somebody borrowed his phone and got his Instagram and put some stuff out there. It was so filthy. It was like, I thought the cops were going to get called. And I'm like, you're an idiot. Why do you even do that? I didn't think he'd do that. <laughs> Stop it. What I'm trying to tell you is, guess what? You've got to get the word out somehow, but we're cowering in fear. We're not even going to... Well, YouTube now blocks anything that says anything that they don't like. So does Twitter. So does Facebook. You don't think it's all about the vaccine. You wait until you start talking about Jesus Christ. Pretty soon you're going to offend somebody. They're going to say anything that has anything to do with Jesus Christ. We're going to take off Facebook. We're going to take off Instagram. We're going to take off. This is just the beginning, y'all. Grow up. Quit putting your head in the sand. But I want to tell you a secret. You know what you better get ready to do? I'm coming down here. Going up and saying, Let me tell you about Jesus Christ. You better be ready to do it face to face because if you can't do it face to face and you have to do it on Facebook where nobody can look you back and go, But I got a question. Oh, God, no questions. Here's my pastor's number. You better start reading the Bible. That's why I asked you to bring them books, is because if you have the Word of God implanted in your heart, what happens is you don't have to hide behind a Facebook screen name. You can actually walk right up and say, Let me tell you about Jesus Christ and let me tell you what He's done in my life. Let me tell you how He healed me of cancer. Let me tell you how he provided me. Let me tell you how a fat guy in a wheelchair can get up and stand up and do stuff and walk around. Let me tell you how he's going to heal my kidney. Let me tell you. But if you can't open your mouth and profess Jesus Christ right now, what makes you think you're going to do it when they take Facebook away from you? I'm asking you. You're supposed to be the light of this community. You know what that means? You're different. Not, hey, let's all wear uh, Daisy Dukes and crop tops and come to church kind of different. No, I'm not talking that kind of different. I'm talking about when life slaps you in the face, you don't cry and give up what you do. When life slaps you in the face, say, but God, I am not going to live because the ally that I have, my best friend, oh, he controls it all. You don't have to worry about what the kids say. Oh, you're different. You dress funny. Congratulations. I have morals. I have standards. Look them up. Good things to have. You go to church. You, oh, your mom makes you go to church. You know what? The answer is no. I get to go to church. I'm telling you what. When you start looking at things differently, what happens is your mindset changes. And when you change, your outlook on life changes. And then God says, Okay, he's got it. We got it! Why are we walking around? I ain't going back up there. This chair's too wide. Give me my thing up there. I'm telling you right now what happens. This chair, does this chair make my butt look big? (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) This chair is huge. I'm like, man, I didn't realize I got a wide body chair. But, whoa, buddy, it's pretty nice. Cadillac. You don't have, I didn't need the whole thing, just the book. Thank you, honey. You're amazing. Alright, if I get lost, I, I got lost already. I'm gonna try to catch it up again. Oh, nope, that's it. Nope, yeah, that went just in case Catholics are right. I just I just if they're right I wanna cover it, you know. I kinda need her. In fourteen, chapter fourteen, uh you can turn over fourteen. It's the next one over. It's not it's probably one page, okay. It's, it's, I'll wait till you lick your fingers, you know, that way you can get COVID. Turn your finger, right? Uh, go to 14, uh, chapters, uh, verses 6 through 10. What it talks about here is the fear of the Almighty God. Do you understand? These people had already had all the blessings given to them, everything going on, and they sat there and doubted that He had their back, doubted that they were going to be able to go take what was already promised to them, what they had been led to, and what, what, what did it say? It says, God got angry. and says, why shouldn't I just wipe them all out? And Moses pleaded. He said, wait a minute. Then who's going to tell of all the miracles you've already done? He goes, they're not going to. God was arguing back and forth saying, you don't understand. I promised him something. And I've done this and I've delivered them this far. And they get here and they say, we don't trust you anymore. After all I've done, I just, I'm done. Oh, I pray. None of us ever get to that position where God says, Oh, my goodness. But who stood in the gap? Moses stood in the gap. He said, God. And you know what he said? So they're going to wander around. For every year, for every day they were gone. Forty years. And nobody that is 20 years old at this point in time will enter into the land that I promised. You understand what I'm saying? Nobody. In other words, y'all are gonna live in the desert till they die. And your children and their children are going to be herders and, and and farmers, and they're gonna be in this desolate land working because of your lack of faith. You let fear. Take it over. You let fear grip you. Training, I remember we prayed right right there. Because of a heart. And there was fear. I heard the fear. You didn't have to say, I'm afraid. You could hear it. You could see it, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? Here's the deal. She sat right there. And a week later, they say, well, you've got the heart of a 16-year-old. But she left it right there. The fear was left right there. And when she walked out, she walked in knowing, but God. Do you understand me? But God. I see your family. you got a beautiful family. Right now, I'm so glad my kid is, you know, serving time at Leavenworth. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going to say that every time I get a chance because <laughs> he, listen, he listens to these <laughs> it's funny but what I'm telling you is this I'm glad he's old and I've done raising him last Sunday was a big deal for me as a daddy and a big deal from him as a man because I took the mantle that God had laid on my heart and replaced it onto him and now his responsibility because I've raised him right but man I see these young men I see that baby that we dedicated this morning My heart aches. Until I think, but God. You know, we pray a hedge of protection around us. I did that over my kids. But you see, I got to learn to fear the Almighty God. And I know that the promise says that, you know what? When everything is so bad here, does he promise he's going to come and he's going to take us he's going to come cuz when the roll is called i'm ready to go do you understand when that when the roll is called i'm ready to go my question to you today is when the roll is called are you ready are you ready to allow Him to, re- to come in and be your Lord? Do you know what your Lord means? It means I serve Him. I don't deserve Him. I serve Him. When you say, my Lord, that means He's in charge of everything and I'm here to serve Him. I'm at His beck and call. I'm at His will. When you change that mindset instead of God, you owe me to God. Thank you. I'm here to serve you. What happens is when fear grips you, when things of this world come and grab a hold of you, you can stop and say, go talk to my Lord. He's the one. Why are you coming at me? You know, I had a shirt one time. I didn't understand what it meant. One of the kids gave me, it says, come at me, bro. And I was like... I don't want nobody coming at me. I'm crippled. You come at me, you're you probably going to die of lead poisoning. I'm just telling you, it ain't going to be good. <laughs> we ain't going to play, hot rod. I, I, ain't, I can't get up and run. <laughs> that don't work. <laughs> don't come at me, bro. I won't wear that shirt no more. But you know what? When it comes to Satan, I'll just tell him, come at me, bro. I know where my face at. I know who my ally is. And I know the promises that God gave me, and I know that I'm going to make it to heaven one way or the other. And you know what? I talk and joke a lot. My wife starts her cancer treatment. I think her and Alan are gonna be just like twinsies going to cancer treatment at the same time. But guess what? Are you afraid? you afraid? Me and Lisa talked this morning. Nope. God's got this. Guess what? He's got you. He's got you. But we have a promise. And we're going to sing a song. Hopefully you all know this. It's an oldie. But I want you to remember something. This old song is a promise. And when you think about life, you know what? If the Lord takes me tomorrow, I'm golden, buddy. I'm literally golden. I'm going to be walking on streets of gold. I know where I'm going. I don't have to fear here. I've never worn, I don't wear the face diapers. I don't do it because you know what? If God wants to take me, a diaper on my face ain't going to keep him. I'll just fall out of the wheelchair and hit my head. I told you before. When it's my time, it's my time because God says I appointed under man wants to die. But you know what? He went to hell and he took the keys and he's in charge of when? Ain't no doctor. Ain't no diagnosis. Ain't no treatment. Ain't no nothing going to keep me when God says it's time. My job is to know I'm ready. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound, the time shall be no more. And the morning breaks eternal bright and fair. When the saved of us shall gather over on the other shore. when the road is called under our Win the roll. when the roll. Let's call it God. When the roll. Let's call it God. that you control our atmosphere. Lord God, that fear would not grip us, but we remember you have our back, and with you on our side, God, we are winners in all. And we'll give you the praise in Jesus' precious name, and everybody together said, amen. Love y'all.